Hi, I'm Siggy, born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario, and now living in the nation's capital of Ottawa. And I'm Jesse, born in Minnow, Philippines, raised in Toronto, Canada, and schooled all over southwestern Ontario. You're listening to the Halo Halo podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino-Canadian life. Before we start our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the lands we're podcasting on. I'm podcasting from the traditional lands of the Huron-Wendat, the Seneca, and most recently, the Mississaugas of the Credit River. And I'm podcasting from the traditional unceded territory of the Algonquin and Nishmabeg people. Welcome to our taste test episode where we sample something fresh from the pop culture buffet and then we'll tell you what we think. On this episode of the taste test, Jesse samples The Groom Will Keep His Name and other vows I've made about race, romance, and resistance by Filipino American author Matt Ortile. Kuya! So, yes. we know what you tasted. What did it taste like? Mm. Huh. What it tasted like was brunch at Mildred's Temple Kitchen. More specifically, on their brunch menu, they've got Mrs. Biderhoff's blueberry buttermilk pancakes served with a wild blueberry compote and Lanark County organic maple syrup and whipped cream. Mm. That is really tasty. Definitive. And speaking as someone whose family lives in Lanark County, that sounds delicious. Delicious, right? And so what was delicious about it is, is, is that it was this collection of essays reflecting on being Filipino, gay, and in America. And I felt like I was talking to one of my gay friends at brunch, actually, is what it really reminded me. Like, very reminiscent of this idea of sex in the city and Carrie talking to her girlfriends at brunch. And that's kind of what it felt like to me. Like, as I was reading this, I felt like, where's my mimosa? (laughs) You know, and it's like, and my pancakes, they're taking too long to make. When are you going to serve them? It was wonderful. It was, it was tasty and delicious and sweet and sometimes Uh syrupy, but yet at the same time, very satisfying. And so it had a series of self-reflections and sometimes an aftermath discussion on racism and the model minority myth Mm -hmm. and colonialism, to name a few of some of the subjects, all things that we talk about here on the Holo Holo podcast. And like what I said, just like the pancakes, fluffy and narrative in style, satisfying and rich, like the compote and the syrup and, and the whipped cream. And such a decadent discussion on on culture. And so, yeah, that's what it tasted like. So was it worth the pop culture calories? Yes. If you've (laughs) ever ordered this compote blueberry mix at Mildred's Temple Kitchen here in Toronto, it takes forever and a day to make, but I have to just tell you, worth it. And I think for the most part, I kept thinking to myself, oh, this is the book that I was waiting for in my late 20s. You know, oh, yeah. I was waiting for a book like this. Yeah, like I was, uh-huh. I was kind of navigating gay life, you know, and all of that stuff and all the romantic adventures I had ever been on or sometimes romantic disasters that I've been <laughs> on. Um, Save it for another podcast. You know, yeah. Right. I, I just thought to myself, oh, I wish I kind of had this book in my late 20s. And, mm. you know, I, I'm now past all that stuff. And I look back on it. Sometimes I cringe on it sometimes I giggle and sometimes I think (laughs) what was I thinking like I thought that was cool and 
in as much as I would see some of my gay friends for brunch on the Sunday talking about, again, some of these romantic adventures or gone bad or gone right or gone hot, whatever the case may be, Mm -hmm. I would have appreciated a book like this in my 20s. And so although it took a little bit of time and now I'm in my 40s, it was a fun read. Mm -hmm. It was indeed worth the pop culture calories embarked upon on this particular reading adventure. What does it remind you of in the pop culture buffet? I had alluded to this earlier, right? Like it very much reminds me of Sex in the City and very much like Candace Bushnell's actual book, Sex in the City. And I would also cross it with Alex Tyson's Big Little Man in ah. Search of My Asian Self because as opposed to Candace Bushnell's Sex in the City, in as much as it talks about kind of the romantic adventures and lessons in love, it, you know, it doesn't talk about kind of structural things like you know, racism, colonialism. Mm -hmm. I mean, Candace Bushnell's Sex in the City does talk a little bit about sexism, if you will, or sexuality and certain fantasies and talks about that particular structure. This went into much more kind of, if you will, other oppressive structures are also talked about in Alex Tyson's book, again, Big Little Men's In Search of My Asian Self. And something that we had reviewed early on a couple of seasons ago. That's what it reminded me of in the terms of the pop culture buffet. What did you appreciate about it? I really appreciated its accessibility. Okay. You know me, Sigs. I love reading academic books. I love reading all of the fancy 30-cent words and stuff like that. But I also know, too, that sometimes that that kind of gets lost along the way. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think that not everyone will get it. In as much as Matt, and Matt, you did an incredible job of (laughs) weaving your life in with some of these big issues that we at least talk about on the Hollow Hollow podcast. And I would love for you to come on this podcast to talk to us about oh, this if you ever yeah. listen to us. It would be really fantastic, actually, because I think he has the same sensibilities that we talk about in terms of understanding racism, understanding microaggressions, understanding the model minority myth. He talks a lot about that. Mm-hmm. And I just thought to myself, it was such an accessible read where he uses his life to illustrate some of these big issues that are so complex and deep that he wasn't too academic about it and thus narrative and very much stayed to that storytelling. So he weavously seams this all together and really fast and easy and good and understandable read. And I think that that is the makings of a great book. Would you sample it again? Interestingly, no. (laughs) Why? And it's not to say that it isn't bad, right? Like, I only say no because, not because it wasn't good. It's because I know that I've actually deeply learned the lessons that he has learned or continues to learn. Uh I think Matt is in his late 20s, if not his early 30s. I think he's in his late 20s. And as I read through some of this, it was like, oh, I remember this lesson. (laughs) I had to learn this lesson three times or, oh, oh, I learned that lesson once and I don't have to learn that lesson again. And so (laughs) I think if anything, what it was very helpful for was that it was reassuring to know that there are other Filipino gay men in the diaspora that think the way that Matt and I do. And in some ways it normalizes and eases loneliness, again, creates normalcy for me. And Again, do I need to sample it? No, not necessarily, right? Because like I can look at the titles of the chapters and think, oh, I know what that that one's about, and I know how to how I relate, and I know the lesson that I learned, and I know the lesson the lesson that he's thinking about. But it doesn't mean that it isn't good. It just means that it's like okay. In some ways, it was kind of like a mile marker for me. It just represented the fact that oh, I've learned that lesson, and I don't need to look back anymore on it. Oh, 
That's a good point. To whom would you recommend this? You know, I was thinking about that. I was thinking I would really recommend it to other gay Filipinos straddling their identities, specifically in the diaspora. I think that it is a great read that, again, would ease loneliness or at least make you think that you're normal or let you know that you're not the only one that thinks these things about how to navigate being gay, being Filipino, and being outside of the Philippines. Mm-hmm. The other people that I would probably recommend it to are probably allies of gay Filipinos. So anyone that wants to kind of know what your gay Filipino friend goes through in terms of everyday living in North America or anywhere outside of the Philippines, this is probably a good book to do it. So We'll do a trade. I'll, I'll trade you Dante Bosco's book and you'll trade me or- Matt Ortili's totally. book. Totally. I will totally do that. Yeah, I will we'll totally do that. do that. Awesome. Yeah. So Well, thank you very much, Jesse. Uh, this was a great taste test. And now... Listeners, we want to hear what you think. Email us at holohalopopculture at gmail.com. Rate us and leave a review. You can find the Holohalo podcast on all podcast platforms, and you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter. Our handle's at holohalopop, and on Instagram at holohalopopculture. Follow us, and we'll give you a follow back. And before we sign off, I just want to say, Matt Artile, if you ever get to listen to this taste test episode and you are tickled pink by us or are experiencing some type of giggle, you know, because (laughs) uh, you've enjoyed us talking about your book, you have an open invitation to come on this show. Just reach out to us at all those places that Siggy talked about. And that goes to any of our listeners out there, too. Yeah. Finally, we receive editorial feedback from Mary Beth Badian. Our musical theme is by Chal Turingen. We'll see all of you guys again soon. See you guys soon.